Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to church today. I was just talking to Greg Anderson on the front row. And uh, we, we've got a board meeting this week, and I said, if ever there was a time to talk about expansion of our children's ministry, I think it's now, you know, you kind of look at the number of children that are out there, there's hundreds of them there, and it's a great encouragement to us, but uh, I don't know, it just gives you a great sense of confidence for the future too, that these little kids are growing up in church, and that's just a privilege right there. So anyway, good, good that you're here today, and I know our service is running away from us, but it's a special day. It's a special day to always be found in church, and I want to bring something to you this morning, and I'll get straight into it, because I know we've had to do a few other things, important things, good things in the service today, but uh, welcome to everyone online, of course, and to everyone that's in the room on this on this Mother's Day. But I feel I've got something important to share with you today that I, I hope will that will take away from this service, and it won't be just a Mother's Day service, so to speak, but we'll carry these words with us beyond this Sunday, beyond this Sunday in May. And I want to talk to you about how um, there's a time for everything. There is a time for everything, and our lives are made up of times and of seasons. We all know that. We've all lived many of those times already and many of those seasons already, and I think the older that we get, I think we could, we've then got the benefit of hindsight to say that every single season and every single time held its own story, and a testimony emerged out of those times and out of those seasons, and and particularly when you walk with God, it, you realize that nothing is wasted and that we come away from every time and every season under heaven that God has somehow done something, imparted something, we've learned something, we've just gleaned something from the wisdom of God. And, you know, I was thinking the other day about Father's Day in uh, June 18, 1995, and some of you may be familiar with what happened there, but it was on this June 18 date in 1995, which is the year itself is a great year for us because, as you know, that's when highways started. But, you know, what took place in this church in Pensacola in America was that there was this, this real move of God's Spirit came. And people started to get right with God. They didn't want to leave church. They were in an atmosphere inside the church, yes, that flowed out into not just the streets, but the nation and the nations of the world. And it was reported that over a five-year period, starting from June 18, 1995, that somewhere around four million people came into those church services. Wouldn't that be a great story with Highway? That we could say over a five-year period that millions, not just tens and fifties and hundreds, but literally millions of people have come into church and their lives have been altered because they've heard something from God. People didn't want to leave church. And uh, I, I think when, when that happens, you know that the heart 
of man is being awakened by something of the Spirit of God when people don't want to leave church. You know, when your heart has not been awakened, it's just a church service. But when your heart is awakened, it's far more than just an hour or an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. It is far more than that. But the significant characteristics of this June 18 moment in Pensacola was that families were being reunited. Fathers and sons were being reconciled. Lives were being put right. You know, deep repentance was happening. People were just wanting to get it right before the Lord. And if you were one of those that went to those services or, you know, for the people that went there, you'd never forget what God did. And I think we could all agree, God, would you restore again? Would you restore the homes again? Would you restore the families again? But it didn't just happen. And I want us to capture this this morning because it didn't just happen. It wasn't a microwave moment where you press a button and, you know, you look for the outcome. It did not just happen. People had been praying for God to visit their church, for God to visit its people and the streets and the community and the nation. It didn't just happen. And we know that the Bible tells us that if we will turn our face to him, if we will call upon his name, he is a God who answers, right? And so we know that and that was kind of what was in the seedbed before this June 18 moment. And and I know it's not June 18, and I know it's not 1995. I know it's May 2023, and here we are on this service, on this Mother's Day service, recognizing, and I think in a another time and another season where we're starting to lean towards, and God, would you do something again? Would you restore the home again? Would you restore marriages? Would you restore the relationship between children and parents? God, would you do something that is far beyond our human capabilities to do? Would you do something that is birthed of the Holy Spirit? Because that which is birthed of the Spirit remains. That which man does has a shelf life on it. It will only last X amount of time. But that which is done by the Holy Spirit remains because it's eternal. I so appreciated what Dan, um, his message on last Sunday night, and there was a, if you haven't heard that message, I, 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 think, I think you can get it on wherever, whatever that place is you go to these days, is it YouTube or wherever, ask others who know more than me, but um, he said something in his Sunday night message, and I so, it, I so appreciated, both from a personal level, but also from a much wider level, And he said, there are plenty of Samuels. Samuel was the son. There's plenty of sons. But he said, there's not many Eli's, meaning there's not many fathers. There's not many spiritual fathers. There's not many mentors that will pave the way for a son to follow. And I so appreciated that because all of a sudden I was reminded now as an older woman the importance of the place that we play, that it isn't just your shelf life has happened, your expiry date has happened because you hit a certain age uh, season and all of a sudden it's done and dusted and you are irrelevant, but rather as we grow older, we've got the benefit of experience and wisdom and we've learned some things in the trenches and we've learned how to sustain ourselves in the fire. We've learned how to trust God when it was good and when it was bad. There's some things you carry with you in every time and every season. And I suppose in the context of this Mother's Day today, 
there's plenty of daughters. There's plenty of young people. Our church is filled with young people. And I pray let that multiply beyond our capabilities of counting. I want that to be a continuation forever. And there's plenty of daughters and there's plenty of young people, but we need the voice of the mothers and we need the voice of the grandmothers. We need the voice of the spiritual ones that have learned to walk their walk in God in a genuine place. I did not have the benefit of a mother who walked with God. But I was reminded the other day as I was putting this together, the words of Ruth who said to her mother-in-law that your God will be my God. And your people will be my people. And where you go, I'm, I will go. And I was so caught again by the truth of that, that level of trust and that level of honour and respect of, you know, Ruth's relationship with Naomi, the mother-in-law, because that relationship would help shape and direct the way that Ruth's life would go. And eventually we know the story, it would bring Ruth into a place of knowing that she does indeed have a redeemer. She does have a redeemer. And I want to just say, you know, if our connections and our relationships and our friendships do not point us in the direction that there is a redeemer, that there is a saviour, then maybe we need to look at some of those connections and some of those relationships because every connection and every relationship as we walk our walk with God ought to grow us, ought to mature us, ought to influence us for the good things and not the bad things. I didn't have, as I mentioned to you, a mother-in-law. I never met my mother-in-law because she had died before I came on the scene. Neither did I have a mother that walked the walk with God. I had the privilege of praying for her literally on her deathbed just, a, I don't know, a couple of weeks before she passed away. And so I didn't have the benefit of growing up with that kind of influence, but I did have three other women that were older than me, had uh, grown their own lives, you know, just honouring God all the days of their lives. And these three women I deeply respect. One of them is in heaven today, but they gave me something to follow. And church, I believe we've got to give people something to follow, something of meaning, something of substance, something that is real, something that is true, not something that is a show, but something that actually is meaning and depth and reality, and you've worked it out in your own life, and you've worked it out in the trenches of your own seasons. How do you come through the tough places? How do you come through those rough seasons? How do you find the energy to do everything that you have to do? How do you stay focused upon the things that are important? So on this Mother's Day 2023, I'd give you the date if I knew what it was, but I don't. But you'll know. What is it? May something. Thank you very much. May 14. And I want to read about a time and a season out of the book of Ecclesiastics, chapter 3, verse 8 verses. Stay with me if you can. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, 
a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. I think we get it. There is a time for everything. And for those in the room today, when you're in that season, if you are in that season of young families, young children, mess is at the top of your, what it looks like each day. Nappies, you need to throw a party the day they go out the door. But for the mums today, you can go to the supermarket and buy the pull-ups, right? In my time... We wash them by hand, right? You soak them in the bucket. Remember, Julianne, the old bucket of nappy sand or whatever it was, the bleach, and out they'd come still yellow and stained. We did our best. The sleepless nights, the work schedules, the sporting events, the meals, the shopping, the paying of bills, and so much more that we have no time to fit in here. But if you are on the other side of those early years, all I can say is this you will make it. You will survive. It'll pass quicker than you think, quicker than you can imagine, and then you'll be left with looking back on the photographs of remember when. Remember when. Remember the when there was two pigtails coming out of the head, you know? Remember when there was a missing sock, a missing shoe. Remember when. And now you're sitting at a school graduation or at a wedding or something other. As a young mum, you weren't sure whether you'd make it through the day, let alone that season. Because when you're in a season, it feels long. When you're in a season, it feels like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I wanna show a little picture of something. Some of you will remember and recognize this, this red phone box. If you remember these seasons, there it is right there. For me, as a young mum, that was my early years as a young mum. But the days that that was a reality was the days when you had, if your car broke down, for example, and you had crying babies in the back seat or you run out of petrol, that was always the best. (laughs) And then you have a husband who's saying, why didn't you fill it up? If only they knew in the moment how tough that is with kids in a back seat. I can make it. We can make it. We'll get there. We'll get there and next minute stop. And your car breaks down and then you'd have to walk. Pull the kids out of the car. Walk to your nearest phone box that looks something like that. In the hope then that you had the right coins in your handbag the right coins. And if you didn't have the right coins, you weren't ringing anybody. And if you didn't have the right coins or whether the phone box had been vandalized, then you'd, with those kids in tow, you'd walk until you found another phone box. Or what about the days of the Refidex? What was that? I mean, remember, does anyone know what a Refidex is? Put up your hand if you don't know what a refidex is. <laughs> God bless you, young people. God bless you. 
Yes, it was a book of roadmaps, you know. The only problem is when you're the mother, a female, let's put it that way, when you're the female and you're not sure, do I turn left? Or if you've got a female brain, for some of the impatient, ungracious men in the room <laughs> who think, why can't she read a roadmap? It takes a lot of working out. And I know I, it's there, but I've got to turn left or right, or was it this way that you go this way? Now, all of that sounds complicated, but when you're the driver, not the passenger, and you've got kids in the back seat who are screaming that they're tired, they're hungry, or they're just not happy to be there, mums of any, every, have we got a photo of a Refidex just for those lovely people in the room that do not know what it is? There is one somewhere. It's coming. It's a bit like me reading, it's coming. I know it's, I know the road's there. But they'll find the Refidex picture in a minute and you just had to tough it out. You just had to keep on going. Those Refidex, I'm so glad it's done with. Mums, you are champions of every generation. There it is right there. How do you read that? I can't even understand that. 1951. My gosh. <laughs> I wasn't born, just for those that are wondering. I wasn't born. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting depressed. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's just move on, shall we? Mothers, you are champions of every generation. Let's just park there. There was a day when there was life without computers, mobile phones, GPS, and we made it. Thank you. <laughs> but in every season, I've noticed this. If every time and every season, there is a place that I had a look at this week called Kadesh Barnea. Numbers 13 talks to us about that. And there's three things I want to highlight out of this place, because you may not be familiar what it means. Three things. Number one, it's a gateway to the promised land. Number two, it's a valley of decision. And thirdly, it's a valley of significance. Now, I know in the changing seasons of life and in our seasons and, you know, the different times, my goodness, how life has changed rapidly just in our time here. But in every single season, there is a promise that is laid out before us. The promises of God are there. They are there. Just like the street I had to find, it's there. I know it's there. I just need to find it. I just need to follow the right path to get there, and the promise is there. But with every promise, there are benefits. There is favor. There's inheritance. There's his word. There's provision. There's grace. There's peace. There's wisdom. There's strength, and there's in his enabling, and so much more. And I can say that out of a place of absolute honesty and authenticity because if you saw our lives in 1979, we are unrecognisable. Our lives are unrecognisable. 
And the reason that our lives are unrecognisable today is for one reason and one reason only. We made a choice to follow God. That's it. We're not clever, we're not smart, we're not anything. We just said yes to God. And we allowed every provision and blessing of God that he had for us, the promise was there. Has our lives been problem-free? It has not. It's certainly not been perfect. But in the toughest of times, his promise has always remained. It's never left us. In every season, we are faced with Kadesh Barnea, a place of decision. And every place and every time and every season, it's like this. How long will you waver between two opinions, two places? Whether you're raising families, building businesses or careers, whether you're building a church or homes, whether you're in a time of sickness or a time of health, in a time of peace or in a time of tension, how long will you waver between two thoughts? How long will you waver between two opinions? Whether you know your next steps or whether you don't, the Bible says, choose this day, choose today, choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day who you will trust or follow. Because in this valley, you will, this is how it shapes up. You'll either follow your own intuition. You'll follow your own ways. You'll follow your own thoughts and your own understanding. Or in the valley, you can choose the wisdom of God. Our lives are built upon the wisdom of God. And the third significance of this Kadesh Barnea is that history and futures can be won or they can be lost depending on our choices and our decisions because the valley was a place of decision. And so this morning with those few thoughts as I hope foundational thoughts, I want to read to you a couple of scriptures before we close that this is a time for everything and a season for everything, every activity under the heavens. We are in a time right now. We're in a season right now. And it is marked with importance and it's marked with significance. But what caught my attention this week was that there is a gap between the time to plant and the time to uproot. There is a gap between the time to tear down and a gap between the time to build. Because in every single season of life, there is a gap. And it's sometimes in the gap we don't know what decision to make, what direction to take. Will we rely upon our own thoughts and our own wisdom or our own intuition here? And I love, you know why I love this scripture? I mean, apart from many things, but there was, it just endorses how I've been criticized over the years. I am now in a place of vindication. And I love it because Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says that there is a time to throw things away and there is a time to keep some things. I found the scripture... And if anybody in this room has any arguments, read the Bible. 
That's all I'm saying. You do not need to defend yourself anymore. So when you come to a moment that there is a Cool and Gatter Surf Club t-shirt from the 1970s, and it's ripped and it's yellow and it's out of shape and it's smelly as, I've found the word. There is a time to throw things away. Thank you. All the hoarders, you're in a lot of trouble. Somewhere in the 1980s, we began a Bible study in our little house. It was a double-story house, but it was small. It wasn't a big house at all. We began a Bible study on a Wednesday night, and uh, yeah, some people came. They, you know, just cups of tea and Bible study and that sort of thing. But it began to grow, and it began to grow beyond the size of the room. You could probably fit fit about a dozen people there or something. And so, what do you do when you grow beyond your room capacity? You knock a wall out. Donald Trump's been trying to build the wall. We knocked a wall out. I probably shouldn't mention his name. It divides the room too much. But And so we knocked a wall out. We extended the lounge room. And uh, that began to grow as well. And that room got filled. And so we were put into a situation of ha- having to divide that group on a Wednesday night into two groups. Little did we know, looking back in hindsight now... I don't know what it was, 10 or 15 years later, you know, highway wasn't even anywhere in our thoughts at that particular time in the 1980s, but 10, 15 years later, as you know, highway began, it grew, and then we had to go to two morning services to fit everybody in, and you realise that when you're in a time of planting, when you're in a time of growing, then you don't want to do something that is contrary to that time and that season. If it's time to tear down, even if it's a wall, then it's time to tear down. But if it's a time to build, you build. There is a grace for every season, whether you're in that crazy young family season or whether you're at the other end of your life, there is a grace for every season. There was a grace for us to build a business. There was a grace for us to plant a church. There was a grace for us to spread out as far as we could spread out and raise a family and do whatever we had to do. But here's the thing. Don't uproot in a season when it's time to plant. Don't keep something when God says, it's time for that to be released. It's time for that to go from your life. Don't be silent when it's a time to speak. We're in a time right now as a church, and I sent off my email this week. It's time for the, if this bothers you, if this is a conviction to you, I sent off my email just yesterday or the day before to our federal MP because I want our Christian schools to be able to choose who their staff will be. This is not a time for the church to be quiet. It's a time to speak. We've got this week to send off an email and we can help you on how to word that because it's important how it's worded. If it's a time to be silent, then be silent. But if it's a time to speak, then speak. Don't scatter stones when God says it's time to gather them up. There's a time. There's a season for things. So whether you are in a season of building or planting, silence or speaking, weeping or laughing, tearing or mending, there is a gap between those seasons. 
and it's important what we do in that gap. Israel found themselves in the gap between the wilderness and the promise. And they ended up in a place called Kadesh Barnea, and we've already looked at that. But in that place, it was a gateway to their future. It was such a significant time, and many of them missed out on what it could have been. I don't, I don't want us, team, would you come back? I don't want us to be a church that missed out on what could have been. You know, if we had not surrendered our lives to the Lord when we did, we would have missed out on what could have been. We had no idea what the future looked like, but God did. And he put before us a gateway of decision, a gateway of choice, a season where we had an opportunity to accept him as our God. And I'm so grateful forever that we did. Here's the thing, and I'll close with this. In Ecclesiastics chapter 3, verse 11, it says here that he has made everything beautiful in its time. Don't get all mushy and mushy and poetic with that. It simply means that we've got a God who's a redeemer. We've got a God who is a healer. We've got a God who is a restorer. We've got a God who is a reviver. He's a God who can reclaim what's been lost. He's a God who can touch you, minister to you, give you the help that you need in a season. If you're in the gap right now, He can turn things around for good and most of all for His glory. If you're in the gap right now between planting and reaping, between weeping and laughing, between tearing down and building up, between war, between peace, between family chaos or family peace, between the changing seasons in your life, if you find yourself somewhere there, and we will all be there somewhere in one context or another, here's the absolute take-home thing to remember and to be sown into our hearts today. Byron mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. It's found in Ecclesiastics 3, verse 11. It says that He has also set eternity in every human heart. In every human heart. That means every heart in the room. That means every heart that will watch us at home. That means every human heart. God has set eternity in every human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Eternity is set in every heart. That's why some of you are thinking the way that you're thinking today. That's why some of us, God is awakening something within us. God is reminding us of things today. Why? Because eternity is in the heart. We might be able to block it and stop it and ignore it and resist it and reject it and say it's nothing. Hey, there's a man on the front row that said to the man that was talking to him about God, said, if you tell me one more thing about God, I think I'm going to punch you out. But when eternity is in the heart, God loves us so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, and He put eternity in every single human heart. There's a grace for every season, whether you've lost sight of eternity or you've never had it. One of the most profound 
things that have changed and altered my life that God spoke to me many decades ago was this. He said, everything you need is already within you. Everything you need is already within you. Every decision I need to make for good is already there. Every perspective that I need for my today, my tomorrow is already within. It's already there. Every word that I need to live my life is already within. It's not afar off. It's not somewhere in some sort of mystic place. It's within. Why? Because eternity is within every single heart. Sometimes we go looking for things out there, over the fence, up there. We'll do this. We'll do. Eternity is in every human heart right now. Even if you're in Kadesh Barnea, your place in between, the gap between the wilderness and the promise, eternity is within every single heart. The faith you need is already within. The courage you need is already within. The confidence you need is already within. It's just got to be growing. It's just got to be, yes, God. Last thought. Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, I know that everything that God does will endure forever. Wow. What He sows is for all eternity. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken away from it, for God does it so that people will fear Him. I wish we had time, but I don't, and it's not my message. But if you want to hear something that will absolutely... Grab your attention. Listen to a John Bevere message right now on the fear of God. He said, people fall away not because they don't love God. They fall away because they've stopped fearing, honoring, revering God. I want us to be a church that doesn't fall away. I want us to follow Him. Why? Because eternity is in every single human heart. Whether you're in Kadesh Barnea, whether you're in the wilderness, or whether you're in the promised land, let's follow through and what God has for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We need to sing this, He's my healer. Because God is restoring homes and relationships. God restores broken things. He's a redeemer. He's a restorer. He's a reviver. He's our Saviour. And I can say that because I've experienced it. And I live that every single day of my life. Let's stand. Let's praise Him for a minute. And then we're going to pray for you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.